All right. We got here Alex Molden, founder of Alex Molden Coaching, ex-NFL player, just an overall massively high achiever in the world today. Alex, what's going on, man? Hey, how you guys doing? We're doing so well, man. Thank you so much for coming on. You and I had connected through a mutual friend probably a month or two ago, and we stayed in touch. I knew as soon as I heard what you're up to in the world that we had to get you on the podcast, that you had to meet Landon. So I'm really excited to dive into your story today, man. Yeah, man, absolutely. I'm open to it. Let's go, man. So, so bring us a little bit further back. Talk to us about your career. I know, you know, football was a big part of your life and then you transitioned to the coaching world. It's a really, there's a lot of synergy between us because a lot of our passion is helping athletes transform into the real world. And I know that's a big thing for you as well. So the floor is yours, man. Man. So, you know, playing, playing football, went to University of Oregon, did my thing there. And, you know, I was football, very low football IQ. Because I, you know, I started playing when I was in eighth grade. So the one thing though that has helped me over the years and helped me, you know, have success playing football is I was disciplined. And I learned it from my dad. My dad was a army drill sergeant. And so I know what discipline looked like. And I know, I knew where that could take me. So, you know, went to, to college, had success there. And my dream was always to play in the NFL. And I wanted to not just play in it, but I wanted to get in there at a high level. I wanted to be a first-round draft pick. So I ended up taking on this character. Like, what did these guys look like? How did they train and all that type of stuff? So I started to act like a first-round draft pick when I was a freshman in college. And lo and behold, you know, a couple years later, I was. I was a first-round draft pick in the NFL. But as many of, of you know, that that's, that's the easy part is making it to the NFL. The hard part is staying. And so, you know, being with the Saints for five years and then the Chargers, you know, having injuries and overcoming that, the different head coaches. I had seven, seven coaches, head coaches in eight years and the different Things that, that come along with that new systems, new terminologies, new language, new teammates. But in all in all, man, it was a, it was a phenomenal time. And, you know, I loved every minute of it. Even some of the, the low points of my career, I'm still was, I, I still was playing a kid's game until I was in my thirties, mm-hmm. you know, doing that and then stepping away from the game. You know, I would love to say, Hey, I stepped away. I wanted to be, you know, I want to. Step away like Tom Brady, just, you know, hey, I'm retiring, I'm done. No, it doesn't work like that for 95% of the guys in the league. Most of us are kicked out (laughs) and we want to get back in. But that was me for like two years. I was just waiting for a phone call to get another tryout and do this and do that. And finally, you know, I just said, okay, enough is enough. I'm going to fill out my paperwork and send it in. And I thought I was going to cruise off into the sunset, do what I love to do, which is, you know, I working out and playing golf. But that got old, man. That got old real quick after about eight months. And I, you know, started to see, you know, what what else was out there for me with my background and, you know, what I love to do. And I did a lot of stuff for nonprofits and I ended up applying for this this non this entry level nonprofit position when we moved up here to Portland. And I applied for this position and, you know, got the, you know, the interview. So I'm like, this is cool. I'm going to kill it. I'm not doing it for the money. I just need to get out the house, 
I need to, you know, go up in here and, you know, find something to do, something positive. And I went into this job interview and this lady, after interviewing me for about 15, 20 minutes, she told me the truth. And that truth changed the trajectory of my life. She said, Alex, you know, after I was answering all of her questions, all the easy questions, I thought, because I did my homework. I know how to study. I know how to watch film, right? And I did all that about the organization. But when she started asking me questions about myself, deep questions, deep questions like, Alex, what's your purpose? Alex, what are you good at? What type of impact do you want to have? How do you relate to people? She started asking me these deep questions that have never been asked of me before, not even from myself. And I kept saying, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And she said, honey, sweetie, you're not going to get this job. And she said, let me give you a little bit of advice. Before you go on any more job interviews, you need to find out exactly who you are. She got up, shook my hand, walked me out of the facility or the building. And I went to my car and I cried my eyes out. Like, like wept, like banging my hands on the steering wheel. And I had a nice car, you know what I'm saying? I had a, I had a nice, I had a nice, I had a nice Mercedes, right? you know, I would, but like the, the pain, like internally, something that I knew was the truth, but was never, I never spoke of it and nobody else ever said anything like that. And, and, and you know, I've been cut before while playing in the NFL. And it's embarrassing when you go up and they tell you you're no longer, your services are no longer needed. And then they have two security guards walk you into your, down to your locker and they give you a black trash bag to bag up all your, all your stuff. And then they walk you out to take your badge, you know, to get into the facilities. And it's embarrassing to walk across the locker room with all your former teammates. I'd much rather that happen 10 times than me to walk from someplace and, and not knowing who I am. And that, that started me on my, my journey of personal development. So go back a little bit. I, I wanted to ask, how many years in the NFL did you play? I played eight years. That's awesome. And, and what is the average length of a stint in the NFL, length of a career in the NFL? 3.5. Yeah. Right. And in pension, you don't get your pension until year four. Right. Yep. Okay. Yep. So you got nice, you got vested. I love it. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. So I, I think that, I want to unpack a lot of the stuff, especially on the latter end, because that resonates with Land and I as well as our community, because a lot of athletes go through that same struggle, maybe not at that high of a level, but every athlete that's growing up playing sports their entire lives has this loss of identity when it comes down to no longer playing sports. And we're always like, hey, what do you do? I'm a baseball player. Or, hey, what do you guys do? You guys are football players, but you're also probably a husband and a father and all these things, right? And so yes. one thing I want to do is unpack that, but I want to rewind a little bit to when you had first talked about, because I think this is very valuable, your freshman year at Oregon, when you made a decision to embody that of an NFL player. First off, what was the inspiration behind that decision? How did you understand that? Because now we have books like Atomic Habits that talk about that stuff, you know, content that you could talk. But who, who had told you that thought? And then what is an embodiment of an NFL player at that time? What did that look like? What were some shifts that you made? Well, the cool thing is I was, I was always intentional. 
You know what I'm saying? Like I was always intentional with, with everything that I did and really like watching the draft over the years. And I was, you know, I was a kid and I would watch Steve Atwater and Deion Sanders get drafted, Troy Aikman. And it's not, it's not anything like we have today, right? Where now they tell a deeper story of some of these guys. They were just the finished product, them getting on stage. The mom's crying, the dad's crying, and, and all this type of stuff. And this is the beginning of their journey. And it was just like, I was inspired, man. I'm, I was inspired to start working out and lifting weights. You guys are going to laugh at this, but I watched Rocky Three, and it changed my life. Rocky Three, I got inspired to start working out and training. I didn't know what I was training for, but I got inspired to do that. And then I fell in love with this game called football. And then I was just, okay. I know that I knew early on that I would have to be different. I knew that I would have to be different. I knew that the road would be lonely because when I started playing in high school and I wanted to get better and I wanted to do all these different things and I, I would call my, my buddies, hey man, what are we work out, man? Hey, let's work out together. I said, yeah, man, that's great. Yeah, let's do that. And so many times I would go to the field or I would go to the weight room and I would be by myself. Oh my guys, other things happened and they would let me down. And I was like, I don't like that feeling. So I had to understand that this road, this road would be lonely and I would have to be okay with it. So you get through, so you get through college, you get to the league. I had a kind of a selfish question. I played football in college myself. I didn't, I didn't go play after, after college, but in our world, we've, we've chatted and worked with a lot of people that have played in the NFL, currently are playing in the NFL. We've, we've had been fortunate to have people on this podcast as well. I'm always curious to this question, like what was it like, you know, going from college football player where, you know, they're, they're paying for your school, but maybe they give you a little stipend here and there, but they're not, not really, you're not getting NFL checks, right? So what was that transition like? And how was that adjustment for you going from college to NFL player over a long well, period of time? It, 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 it was great. It was fabulous. But on other levels, it was not. I didn't have a healthy respect for money. I didn't grow up with, with money. And so my first real job before I even, before I even really did anything is I got a check. It went straight to my, you know, accountant and whatnot, but it was seven figures. And I'm looking at this, and it was, I think it was like 1.777, something like that. And I was like, what? This is like Monopoly money. What is I didn't have a healthy respect. And then, and then my first game check after tax, I think it was like 35K. And I was like, what? What is this? And then, because I didn't really know exactly the character that it took off the field to handle this type of stuff, I started falling into the trap of keeping up with the Joneses, you know, the, my other teammates, veteran guys that have been in the league for a little bit and they, they have a certain look and feel, you know, the watch, the watch game. You had to have, you know, a, a Rolex. You had to have the car. You had to have the house. You had to have all these different things. And I got trapped in that and I wasn't the only one. So, it was that aspect of it. Another aspect is that there's people out there that if you don't understand your platform, right? If you don't understand that, 
And, and if you don't know how to wield that and use that as an influencer, others, other people will. Other people that might be close to you, they will use you for that platform to help raise their platform. Mm. And so I went through some, you know, some different, some difficult times with people that were close to me and, you know, betrayed or whatever you want to call it. And, uh, and that hurt, but I learned things. There's a lot of things that I've repurposed in my life, whether it's from injuries, from, you know, broken relationships, from mistakes that I've made. I've made a lot of them. I've learned how to repurpose them. I love it, man. Thank you for sharing and thank you for being so vulnerable, man. Now. Yeah. On the back end, your, your football career ends. You're going through this identity crisis. Talk to us about how you got out of it. You know, after you're crying in your car, what steps you took to eventually get into this world of personal development and coaching? And then talk to us about your business, how you've created that and how you're really serving athletes that are getting out in, in the same position that you were in. Absolutely. Great question. Thank you. So I wish I could, I wish it was like, man, after that day, crying and weeping in my car. You know, the next it's day, like a everything, movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it took, man, it took quite a while, man. It took about 10 years for me to like really understand like the type of impact that I wanted to have. And I started to, I started to, yeah, one thing that I was passionate about, and I had to dig down deep asking myself questions. What am I good at? What does the world need more of? And what do I love doing? And I was like, man, I really like working with, with athletes and I want to make them better athletes because I've been to where most of them want to go. I know the mindset and I know the training. Let me get more, let me get some education behind this training. And so, you know, I got education and man, started training athletes, training become quicker and faster, not just in the weight room, but you know, be more athletic. So did that, got a job as a trainer at Nike World Headquarters. And was doing, having success there and man, traveling the world on Nike's dime and doing these things. And I started to get into this world of speaking and was doing it a little bit because so many people, once they find out about, you know, Hey, you play in the NFL. Oh, why don't you come talk to my team? And I was telling cool stories, but I wasn't connecting the dots. And I ended up um, bumping into, and I had, a, I got a speaking coach, but lo and behold, this coach, he wasn't just taught, teaching me about the speaking industry. He was teaching me about myself. And, and the stories that I have within myself would keep me relevant. And so it wasn't just about the stories, but he really started to attack, or not, not attack, but focus in on my character. Because we spent a lot of time together. So he got a chance to see me interact with people. And he was like, Alex, you know, I've been watching you you know, for a couple of weeks now. And he was like, man, you know, you, you're very transactional with your relationships. I was like, what are you talking about? Transaction. So yeah, man, you talk to people differently based on where they are at Nike and what they can do for you. And I was like, what? He said, yeah, man, you know, we had, we had breakfast and you talk to the cook differently than you talk to one of these VPs walking in. I was like, he said, Alex, that is, that is dangerous. You need to make sure you treat people all the same, whether they can do something for you or not. Because you never know that person who's the cook or the janitor, whatever, could have a relationship with the, you know, with the president of a company and they can use your service. 
And so it just, he, he helped me understand leadership. And most people don't, don't know what leadership is. They fluff it up. They put a different name on it. Leadership is influence. And there's 10 different influencers. And he helped me lock in on that and master those things. And now he helped me lay, lay a foundation. And my foundation is based off of, you know, something that I learned from my great coach that helped me have not just a 3.5 year career, but an eight year career. And that was based on your assignment, your alignment, and then your adjustment. Know your, know your assignment, know your job, know who you are, know what type of steps you need to align, right? Aligning who you are, your purpose, and then what adjustments do you need to make in your character, your relationships, how you communicate to people and how you make people feel. And that, that, that changed my life. I love it. And this is a reiteration because we had just heard a couple of weeks ago, John Maxwell speak at a very intimate setting and you, you, he's all about leadership as influence. And so everything that you're just saying right there is right out of the playbook. That's beautiful. And then also just a side question, how you were talking about it before. Are you familiar with the Japanese philosophy Ikigai by any chance? I am not. It's so funny because everything that you had talked about explained Ikigai perfectly in terms of like, what am I good at? What do I love doing? What does the world need more of? And what can I do for money? Those are the four pillars of Ikigai. And you literally had just, just expressed that. So I, th- I wow. figured maybe you had tied that in. That's, oh, that's really yeah. funny, man. But yeah, th- then to expand on the business side of things, how did you turn that passion and all that, all the stuff that you learned into an actual business? How are you generating clients? What's the experience that your clients are going through? And what's the outcome that they're looking to achieve? Yeah, thank you. So, you know, starting with, with the speaking, that was, once I started to lock and load on that and, you know, start to really pinpoint who my audience was and which people in leadership positions, whether they're, um, they, it's really like those up and coming leaders and speaking with these different companies. And it was, it's great to be able to give a keynote and spark something in people, right? And that's that. That's great. And I, I learned how to not just tell stories, just tell stories that are relatable, and that give that give people tools to help them at home and at in the workplace. Because if you're speaking, if you're talking foundational principles, that lasts a lot longer than just giving situational principles. So I believe in like foundational principles. And so I started to do that, started to, during the pandemic, it was a blessing for me because it, it made everything slow down where I was able to write a book and I was able to start a podcast. And I really just like, man, what type of impact that I want to have? I want to make better people. And there's athletes out there and it, I mean, there's others, but there's athletes that have so much influence, but they don't know how to use it. They don't know how to make different relationships. They have, there's, with athletes, you're always being watched. Whether you're playing or you retired, man, once somebody, they see you or they look at you, man, he used to be an athlete or a high level, an elite athlete, man, he's special. He's special. So I want to help those, those athletes, whether they're at the still playing or they're former athletes, man, how do they utilize who they are? to create a life of impact. And so I started, I created a course, an online course for people. I started over the past six months, I started stepping out of not just speaking to these companies and doing workshops where I'm there for like a half a day 
I want, I want it more. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to create a, a consultancy arm where I come into these different companies or corporations and I help their, you know, their emerging leaders become better at leading and understand what leadership is. All the while, still want to make an impact with these, these former athletes. So I have kind of like a couple of different, like speaking, consulting, but I also do coaching with former elite level athletes. And it's, man, I, I love what I do. And I didn't used to, I love it more than what I playing football. Because to see, there's nothing like seeing somebody at the beginning of their journey of, of development. And then you, you teach them different things to look for and different foundational principles to, for them to start to apply in their life. And then you start to hear about the fruit. Like, it, man, that gives me chills. Helping them in different facets of their life with their family, with their relationships, with their career, and having them think differently of how they make people feel. Yeah. I mean, I would, I want to stay on here for another 30 minutes, but I know we're coming up to the, to the closing of our time here. This has been great. Usually like, you know, from a wrapping up standpoint, we, we like to one, give you the opportunity to kind of, you know, give our listeners some, some words of wisdom, some, some thoughts, and then also, you know, how can, they follow you. And then I'll let Antonio kind of close us out with one final question. Gotcha. Yeah, man. Understanding that you're not alone. I thought I was so alone. I thought no other athlete felt the way I did after that job interview. And we are sold that being a football player, being a soccer player, being a professional baseball player, basketball player, that's the that's the be all, end all. That's a lie. And so many people, whether you're an athlete or not an athlete, they get wrapped up into what they do becomes who they are. Mm. And they're taught that at a young age from people who are very close to them. It can be a mom. It can be a dad. It can be a coach. And it's not. That's not the truth. And if you keep it like, no. That's what I do. If you understand who you are, you will get more enjoyment out of what you do. If it aligns to like your strengths and what's, you know, what you're passionate about. And, and that doesn't, that's not going to say that it's going to last forever. There's things that, that I was good at and I did and I had great success. And after a while, and after a while, it starts to lose its luster. It's like, I don't like that anymore. Well, I look into doing something else. So understand you're not alone. And there is, you know, if you can align who you are, know, know your assignment and your alignment, and are you willing and disciplined enough to make the adjustments, then that is a, a nice foundation to get you to have more joy out of what you do, more joy out of, out of the relationships that are there for you. Because remember, when, you, when you're playing ball, there's, there's relationships that are open for you. Once you stop playing your sport, I'm going I'm to be honest, those doors tend to close rather rapidly. So while you still, if you're still playing ball, look for people where you want to go. There's people that would love to sit down and have a drink of coffee and share their experiences. with you. So, yeah, I don't know if I answered your question or. No, that was, that was amazing. And I say it all the time. For me personally, it was baseball and I thought baseball was the destination. But really, baseball was just a vehicle to get to the destination. As I'm saying, like, I'm sure that we can all agree looking back in retrospect is that 
that just allowed you the platform and the influence to get to the real destination, which was really impacting lives on a grand scale. Because as leaders, that's what it is, is influence at the highest of levels. And you're able to see that impact in real time through your coaching quicker than you were able to do in football. And what I've come to find is that it's constantly having to retrain yourself to win in other areas of your life and not just this transactional thing of there's a win or loss in the game, right? And that, that's what I think you were talking about earlier is like this guy might, the cook in the kitchen might not be able to do something for me. So there's not really much, you know, win in spending my time with him. Now, what we've created is a system to get back to winning in a more healthy way as opposed to just, you know, through manipulation and things that we were able to do just with our rising ego and our sports ability. But we call it consistency, just diving deep into the micro of winning small every single day. So with that saying, with saying that, what does consistency mean to you in your life? Man, great question. Consistency, consistency is the pillar of success, I believe. Because if you look at, like, with, with myself, I knew that if I wanted to be successful in football, I would have to do things that other people were unwilling to do, and I would have to do it. I would have to take intuition out of the equation, meaning there's some days I don't want to run. I don't want to work out. I don't want to hop on this phone call. But my future self, my goals, they don't care how I feel. Once I understood that, and I did at an early age, once I understood, like, it doesn't matter how I feel. I have to do this because this means a lot to me. So I have to be consistent in understanding that for understanding the, the, um, the landscape of what that looks like. If you take feeling out of it, there's days you're going to feel great. The sun is out. It's three o'clock and everything is great. And people are watching pretty girls and all that stuff. That's great. what happens when you can only do it at six o'clock in the morning and it's raining and you still do it. That, that builds firewood. That when you start to, when people are consistent and they take their feelings out of the equation and you still go and you still attack it, that's how you have success. So wise. So wise. Mic drop. That is, that is a clip that is going viral everywhere. Everyone agrees with it, man. That, that's so amazingly said. And that, that's what I think the, the importance of coaching and mentorship is, is because motivation is a myth. Motivation will get you going for a little bit, but discipline is what's going to carry you home. And having the discipline isn't easy, right? Having the accountability is not easy. We're all going to try and be self-accountable. That's where coaching and mentorship really comes into play is having that other external force of accountability so that you, you have someone consistently keeping you in your lane because the truth is none of us wake up wanting to go run at five in the morning. You just got to do it though, which is why having a game plan of consistency in the micro is so important so that you never really burn out and you just show up every day. One last thing. Please. One of the biggest investments I've ever made, and it wasn't necessarily, I mean, it was my, it was monetary and it was a lot, but I understood this, that in every phase of my life, in the sports world, I had a coach. I had a coach. I had a trainer when I was at Oregon. I had a trainer when I, when I tore up my knee and I thought I would never play again. And when you have somebody that can help you understand the fundamentals, the fundamentals and give you a framework, it can give you success in any area. And so when I stepped away from the game, 
I had these different coaches and I started to ask myself, I started asking myself more questions. And I was like, well, in, all, in my success on the field, I had a coach. Well, why shouldn't I invest in myself off the field and get a coach that can help me get to where I want to go? And they're not a guru or whatnot, but they are farther along than I am. That coach that I hired as a speaking coach, and I have, I, 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 have, I have speaking coach, I have a, a, a regular coach, I have different people, a book coach, I, different people, podcast coach that can help me get to where I want to go. So if you want to, if you want to get ahead, get yourself a coach. Get yourself a coach that can be able to share not just their successes, but also their failures, and they can break it down for you and give it and, and give it to you at a foundational level. So what you guys are doing, man, man, I, I love it. I love and selfishly, it. we we use this podcast as free coaching. When when would we have been <laughs> able to get into a room with you for free? You know, and so this is our free mentorship, selfishly, and that's uh, there you go. And it's, we've just run with it. That's, that's amazing. And so this is your cue if you're listening to this to invest in a coach. It is an investment. If the co- if the the value does not outweigh the cost, then you found the wrong coach. But keep trying and, and stay consistent. Alex, thank you so much for coming on, man. You are. Unbelievable. I'm so excited to connect with you offline as well. And, and, appreciate and, you, man. and how can our listeners, how can our listeners follow you and follow your journey? Thank you very much, Landon. So they can follow me. I'm on, I'm on uh, Instagram. This is Alex Molden. Actually, I'm on Instagram. I'm on LinkedIn under Alex Molden, M-O-L-D-E-N. My, my website is alexmolden.com. And from there, you can, you know, there's Alex Molden coaching. There's more about what I do, but you know, listeners, once you start to take accountability for everything in your life, your life will change. There's so many times that I've placed blame on other people or in other areas of my life. And once I started taking accountability for everything, not just the good, but also the bad, that, that just took a lens off of my eyes. And I started to see things and I started to learn about leadership. And you got to lead yourself first. And, and once you lead yourself, I have a family. I got, I got, I got eight kids. Me and my wife, we have eight wow. kids. So I get to practice <laughs> my influence every day at home. And it starts at a foundational principle. So. We just, we just read Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink. And he, mm, he yeah. says it best, you know, and the, the whole book is about that level of extreme ownership, radical ownership. And he said, there are no bad teams, only bad leaders. Everything falls on the leader. Yeah. Well, Alex, appreciate yeah. you, man. You are a, an amazing leader and just super excited to follow your journey. We'll make sure that every, every way to follow you is in the description of this and super excited, man. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you. You guys too. It was a joy.